it's one window there's not great circulation and like oh. connie and andrew are just broke as shit and never want to turn on the air conditioning that was the one of the exchange. biggest issues i had it. living in that house i love the guys but that room was hot as balls in the summer right? And, and like freezing ass in the winter. Exactly. And they always like I put the heat on and I just hear it just just right before I went to bed. Just like you just hear it click. Yeah, you can hear the click. I'm like, Son of the a bitch. Come on. <laughs> it's like it was it was the most annoying thing. You, just, you hear a door open, click, and then a door close. Like, god damn, right. I'm fucking freezing over here. Open wide for some soccer. I am Nick Lasaco. You bastard. <laughs> I could have been watching Man U just, like, kick the shit out of Southampton. But... I mean, that didn't sound fun either, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just like 15 minutes of glory. The first 15 minutes, I'm like, God damn, this is the new Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And then you really see it's just like, oh, they just happen to get an early goal. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, so uh, frustrating. There are chances though, but like I don't know, they're so like weirdly non-committal when the ball's at the back. Newcastle. What do you mean? Like, like defensively? Yeah, like defensively. Yeah. Like they're just like I don't know. There's no um I'm trying to think of the word. Well, it's like it's like when the ball's at the back, there's no urgency from like the center backs or anything. Yeah. And I'm just like I like even when it wasn't like the last eight like in the 85th minute, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. Like Almiron can really dribble the ball. Like I don't watch much of Newcastle, so I mean maybe it's just my first time seeing it. Like Almiron can really dribble the ball. St. Maximin when he came on can like really can really make chances. But then like they're just busy passing the ball back and forth at the back. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I thought that a lot. And like Shard just kept like lumping balls up. And I don't know. I used like I used to think he was a better player than that. He like he can carry the ball. Why doesn't he like push into midfield? Or if someone's gonna pass it from back there, why doesn't Shelby drop? You had in the first half around like thirty minutes and stuff. You kept seeing Almiron drop back. And yeah. It's like, well, why doesn't Shelby? And Shelby, speaking of him, he's got no urgency in midfield. He slows the no, play down. He does. Um, yeah. And and yeah, Almiron he can he can dribble, but I think I think he was playing more centrally, which was which was good for him this game. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you see it as much other games because he's he's on the wing and and we don't have the ball that much usually usually. But here, yeah, you could see him get into tight spaces. I don't know why Andy Carroll came on so late. It's because we didn't have a single clear cut chance in the in the last like probably 30, 40 minutes. So if you're just hitting it in the box anyway, why don't you put someone who at least is aggressive on? And he he won the header against Van Enholt right at the end too. Yeah, I'm like, God damn, where was yeah. this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like why would why would you put on Dwight Gale? <laughs> I feel like this is like. Uh, this is Bruce being like some old school logic of like, oh, he used to play for Crystal Palace. He'll get a goal. Like, I... <laughs> it's the emotional intent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, and and then the goal. I was thinking about it. I was trying to the the revolve goal. I was like, oh, is that could could Clark have done more though? Because at first I was like, well, he's hit it hard, and Clark had to block it. He had to try and block it. He just couldn't get enough on it. But then I'm like, 
I don't know. I'd like to see it again. I'd be like, was he on his toes? Was he watching like to where to move? Like, was he anticipating? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Spot on. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how it feels. New cry, you know, new cry, the, the hashtag for it. Newcastle crystal palace. It is actually too bad that we, that Nick's not available because just maybe we'd even just have his, his alternate <laughs> alternate feelings about the match well i mean i i don't know i think i'm not sure what he would say but i think crystal palace looked like very professional mm-hmm. like they they got the lead and they just kind of were like we're gonna hold it you yeah. know they just kind of stayed organized and stay com- compact and like they kind of challenged newcastle to come to come at them and they did and they didn't really they looked comfortable really yeah. I don't think I don't think Newcastle did enough until Saint Maximin came on and actually you know can can beat yeah two force or three the issue guys. a little bit yeah yeah oh well what yeah. can you do <laughs> yeah I think West Brom I think West Brom lost so you know <laughs> you guys are yeah. okay for a little bit longer so. I mean I I was looking at the table and I was like okay maybe that seven point lead over Fulham isn't as close as I, I feared. I guess now it's a, an eight-point lead, mm-hmm. which is good. But it does look like the bottom three are going to be the bottom three unless something really changes. Like, they're going to have to go on a go on a real run yeah. if you're down yeah, there. Yeah, you guys have uh, Brighton, Brighton behind you. Fulham still has two games. Mm-hmm. Two games to... Oh, shit, they do. Yeah, never mind. Okay, that eight points isn't looking that secure. No. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. No, you should have. I need to know. It's better to face your problems, Steve. <laughs> the pre-match, uh, the pre-match like video mm-hmm. for Newcastle was like the least encouraging thing they could have put together. <laughs> it's like it was like a brute. What was, was like it? A, I mean, like you know, it's just like the voiceover, like Newcastle, blah blah. blah the past past yeah. two matches, but I'm like, they're just showing like <laughs> bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like didn't they just beat <laughs> like didn't you guys what was that game you just won two nil against was it west brom it was everton it was a good everton team. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't show a single goal in the build up in the build up <laughs> package i'm like they, what? you didn't have time you had a few days to get the footage guys yeah. like you could have edited that in that's brutal i also wanted to mention like it was pissing rain there um oh yeah yeah during the match um have you ever played the witcher no but my girlfriend is playing it and i've played like i've played like 10 minutes of it okay i killed a griffin and then I, I never play it again the opening the opening tutorial <laughs> <laughs> i think it was a different griffin wasn't okay. it maybe not i don't know i'm not sure but there's um Maybe your girlfriend would have appreciated more, but the amount of times that the uh, broadcasters said winds howling, like the wind oh, is yeah. howling today, the winds howling, just in The Witcher 3, anytime it rains, Geralt says like in a deep voice, like winds howling. That's hilarious. Every time. That's hilarious. Oh, fuck. Winds howling. Welcome to another soccer group chat. Uh, today we're here with uh, Hope. He's going to be Nick for today. And we've That's got cool. Syria. <laughs> Perfect. Spot on. <laughs> oh, you've even changed your Zoom name. Perfect. Getting into character. And we've got Syria Adian. Uh, so let's not waste that opportunity. 
Richard's going to join us later, but for now, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Coppa Italia first leg semifinal with uh, Juve uh, playing at Inter? I think I think um, the the first goal was a good build up with Inter. So Lataro kind of built up the goal himself, held it, uh, passed it, then kind of just went through and drilled it uh, through the keeper. Uh, the second goal, the penalty was a fair call, I think, a bit of an iffy one, but uh, Ronaldo um, did score fairly well. And the third goal was a bit of a, a mess up from uh, the young, elegant defender <laughs> <laughs> Bastoni. He's fairly young. He's he's, he's done well for. For Inter, um, but I think he he kind of got caught off guard. So um, as he was holding on to the ball, Ronaldo kind of just cut in and drilled a fairly well placed um, shot just on the right hand side of of the keeper and kind of just put it on the lower corner. So, but aside from that, it was a it was a it was an okay match. I think uh, a decent couple chances from both team teams. I didn't get a chance to watch it um, uh, today, but I expect a good matchup next time. I think they're both. Um, they're both fighting um, for, I guess, some some cup glory. Um, however, that bodes well for AC Milan, seeing that they're top of the table and Inter are roughly two points behind them. Um, so I think uh, our exit last week was a blessing in disguise, in my opinion, because um, they we had like AC Milan had a lot of injuries. So I think them having one less, um, two less matches to, to play is, is kind of good in terms of getting everyone back to fitness and hopefully keep that uh, Scudetto push going. Adi, tell me real quick, as, um, as someone who's not as versed in, in Italian football or Syria, how much value is there to the Coppa Italia? Is it the FA Cup of Italy? Is there that much <laughs> glory behind it? Is there that much... TV distribution of the Coppa Italia that it, that's a, this big competition or is it just uh, you know you expect one of the the few big Italian teams to just win it every year and it's just clockwork and uh, if, I, if I may quickly tack on an additional question from someone who's unfamiliar with Syria uh, does aggregate work the same with the away is there an away goals rule or is it uh, I, I, I can't I don't know for, for sure but I assume aggregate works the same way I mean it's one of the big five leagues so um uh, I think I think it works the same way. Whereas away goals will naturally count over home goals. Um, I so in terms of Coppa Italia, I it's it's it, I think it's a personal thing. Um, whoever wins it, I think gets a Europa League spot. Um, so there's some form of uh, I think benefit towards it, especially smaller teams. Uh, however, it's usually been larger teams who won it. So I think uh, Lazio was uh, won it um, a year or two ago. Uh, Juventus won it last year. I want to say. But it's, it's usually the bigger team. So it doesn't really have much of an impact in the grand scheme of things. I wouldn't say it's overly competitive. Um, it's not something that people kind of look forward to uh, with, with, uh, with a lot of, you know, uh, kind of a lot of uh, uh, desire. I think it's just like an extra match that you can kind of watch. Um, and that's my opinion, though. I can't say uh, what happens in Italy during the time. I know. I, I mean, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's silverware. Um, I think any team will be lucky enough to have it. it. The thing is, bigger teams, larger teams have won it, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter too much. So, for example, silverware, silverware to Juve, the Coppa Italia wouldn't mean a whole lot when they're winning the Scudetto every every year. Uh, I think I think it mattered a decent bit to Lazio because they haven't done a whole lot. 
So so them winning it was a was a big impact. So think, it, 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 it comes into like, it, it's in context of the team that wins it, I think. Do you think it would matter much for Pirlo this year if he won it? Um, I'd say it, I, I think it will. Um, although they're still in for the Scudetto push, they're not, they're, they're by no means are they behind. Um, but I think it would make kind of a, a pretty big impact on him being, especially as fresh as he is, with a, a, a practically no experience. Um, However, I, I tend to, I'm going to be a bit of a devil's, devil's advocate and say, um, and also because I'm not a, I'm not a huge Juve fan. Um, although I, I, like, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them uh, props to the fact that they've built a team and they've built an empire during the, the past couple of years. Um, they've had like, they, they've been part of Champions League. So they've, they've had money rolling in and they've, they've invested it well. Um, I think McKenney's been like a, a, a very good buy and he's performed extremely well and he's fairly inexpensive. Um, but it's just, I tend to think Juve fans have become over-entitled because mm. of the fact that they've been winning so much. I think Serie A was at its best when there's a lot of competitiveness. So, for example, AC Milan won the Champions League one time, and then they're like fifth in the league. So it's, it's, it's one of those weird cases where they've had a very good team, capable enough to win the Champions League, but at the same time, the Scudetto was a whole other story. Um, you've had teams like Parma win it, which is... Uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. They were they were a powerhouse back in the '90s, um, but I think I think it's 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 best when there's a certain level of competition. There's no repetitiveness. When when teams keep winning the same league multiple times, it just becomes clockwork, and it's not enjoyable anymore in the grand scheme of things. So I think this year has been good in terms of um, in terms of offering some form of competitiveness and openness. So you have like AC Milan, who's first, kind of pushing for it. You have Inter, who are right behind them. So we're, we're con- continuously winning. Luckily, we lost once. They, they drew again. So Juve's kind of just kind of right behind, uh, clawing their way back to third and fourth. Aroma has done fairly well. Aside from a, a, a small mix-up with their, um, their uh, putting in a sixth man and effectively forfeiting their match a week or two ago. That was a weird one. And they, they, oh they, they almost, yeah, no, that happened. Um, and I think they almost they're they're, they're like they're, they're 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 so reactionary they want to get rid of the coach or they blamed like an assistant who screwed What's that up. Like? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So I, I in my opinion, Fonseca's done well, but that was such a weird mix-up that it cost him like a uh, three points to. Yeah. So so it's a forfeit. I think three nil. Yeah, that's a pretty weird case. A yeah. pretty big screw up yeah, in that yeah, context. I, I see why yeah. you'd be mad. Yeah, um, I think it happened to them. I want to say early in the season, maybe last year, something mm. similar happened where I think it was a, I think it was a Copa game and they had to forfeit because uh, I think they, they played an ineligible player who wasn't on the actual listing. Yes. So yeah, weird. I remember had, that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Duara. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it's just like they've had a weird, strange luck or someone's just not capable of, of remembering and running stuff down and knowing who, who was actually going in and out. Um, yeah. So I think it's, 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 I think, I think this is a good season to watch a lot of matches because it's overly competitive. Um, yeah. It's, it's good to see that that competitiveness sustained because, you know, in the premier league, you have this really open title race. It's more than like eight teams yeah. have been at the top of the table, uh, have been in first place at, at least one at the end of one fixture group. Uh, but now it seems like City are in pole position again and they're top and they're probably going to win. Um, so it's good to see that Italy is like sustained. Do you think that Milan have 
done enough in the transfer market to make sure that they can sustain this title push? Um, I, I think they, they did enough. Um, so we ultimately, our shortcomings were viewed with um, injuries we've had. I still think the uh, right wing position is a bit of an issue. Um, I think Sal Mackers is fairly young. He does well. He has like a good push. Uh, Simon Casillero has kind of gone a little downhill. He doesn't play as much as he, as he used to. So that's, that's kind of something that should have been fixed, but hopefully will be fixed long-term. I think that's a bit of a weak spot. Uh, Calabria does well defensively to cover that wing, but offensively, it's, it's, they don't offer that much. And I think the grand scheme of things, not a whole lot of our attacking goes through the right wing. So our left wing is effectively the best position, having Terranandez, Rebic sometimes, uh, Leao. Um, so I think we got Mandzukic for free, which was, I think, a good, a good position to have. He, he plays right wing, but I don't think he, his speed is enough to do that. I think he'll be a bit of a target man with Ibra. I don't know how they'll work together, um, but I think he's a, he's a good Ibra replacement being a target man and kind of like dragging defenders to him and effectively releasing maybe Chalnoglu as, a, as an AM or Kessian and Benasser um, as DMs who kind of like to go forward. Um, Tomori was an excellent signing, in my opinion. It was definitely needed. Um, we were following this young player from, from France called Simakam. He got injured. Um, but Tomori, I think, I think uh, Maldini was looking for like a very one-on-one -on -one defender, like a very solid kind of pressure putting. A defender like, puts a lot of pressure on a player and is great one-on-one. -on -one. He has insane speed, which is awesome. So he can kind of, because he does tend to go out of position fairly frequently. But he's been he's been good. Like he's he was kind of thrown into the deep end one or two matches in since Care was uh, injured um, and only Romagnoli was available at the time. Gabi has been injured long term, um, so he kind of he did well. I thought I, I thought he did fairly well when he did when he did play. Yeah, um, I forgot who they played in his uh, in his first match in, but I think I recall Tamori was subbed in at like eighty one minutes or something like yeah, that, yeah, and he made yeah. a pretty smart last ditch tackle yeah. to, to prevent yeah, yeah. a goal right at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. He made a goal line tackle, which was impressive, which was insane. Yeah, um, so he's been really good. I mean, he's 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 fairly mature. I I I think I saw a couple of interviews, and he seemed to have he have like a good head head on his shoulders, which I always appreciate in like a young player. Yeah, especially today um, and, you know, coming from the Chelsea fan in me, you look at Chelsea and what do you think? Solid, stable center back rotation, uh, not letting in many goals. <laughs> um, but no, I thought it was so interesting when um, when Chelsea put Tamori up uh, available for loan. Obviously, there's things that are uh, that are missing that that we don't know. Like, does he even want to sit around and work yeah. for that spot where I have no idea why the fuck Antonio Rudiger is getting in the team? based on his history as of late. Um, but yeah, Tomori went off to went off on loan to Milan. He put in some good matches for us last season. Didn't yeah. see the pitch this season. Um, and they and you guys have an option to buy him at the end of yeah. the season. I don't know yeah. if 25 million, 30 million pounds is too rich for Milan, and that's what they're yeah. counting on. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, 28. It's like 25 million pounds, which is like 28 million euros. Right. Um, I... I don't know what's iffy because I think uh, if he does perform extremely well, we will definitely like scrounge up the funds and buy him. Especially if we get in the Champions League, I think we'll have a bit of bit of more of like a transfer um, fund to buy players. So he's definitely. I think if he does extremely well and he's happy, I think he'll stay. The weird thing is AC Milan nowadays has so many young players as we and and it's become like a a bit of like a family surrounding system. I know, for example, Diaz. Um, uh, initially when he came 
kept like a, as a loan. He's like a loan at AC Milan, Real Madrid player. And it, like AC Milan fans grilled him, just destroyed him completely at the, at the beginning. Uh, but now I, I don't think he wants to leave. The just is like he wants to stay and they have a good team going. It's it's I think Piotti is like a is is like a because the the, the players are so young. There's a funny um, thing where they called him uh, Padre Piotti, which is like Father Piotti, yeah. which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so there's like, I think there's like a, a couple of like uh, images where they're just they, they have like a, a pope's garb on him, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so I think he's become a, a good role model for players. So he, he has him playing fairly well and just in general, like pushing very hard. So it, it, it's, a, it's a good environment. So I think if, if like, if Tamori wants to stay, I think you'll find, you'll find a decent, a decent place to, like you'll get used to it and probably get accustomed to it fairly, fairly quickly. Yeah, that'd be great, especially because he is young. Yeah. So can help being be part of that like project that's happening. And if, you get the Champions League, then you you need some depth, right? Yes. And I'm um, a strong believer in like, you know, uh, like you look at like Manchester United and they're like director of football and their front office have made some fucking wild transfers uh, at times, spending money where you don't need to. And then I'm like, when Chelsea lets Mori go, I'm like, if Paolo fucking Maldini wants a center back <laughs> from your team, isn't that news that you should fucking keep him? <laughs> like, it's, don't it's, put it's, a buy option at the end of that. <laughs> um, it's it's a whole it's a, it's a it's a it's a whole thing with uh Terranandes where people were like oh you like you know Maldini is gonna pick him and then when he exploded it's like well shit yeah he's uh <laughs> he's, he's, he's a he's a world-class defender you expect him to know who to pick but I think I think that's what we're looking for so they're looking they're looking for a strong like a one-to-one um defender and I think they have that in Tamori uh, I think Kiara is getting older he's, he's an he's an excellent defender he's a he's like a, an old classical defender that positions himself extremely well um, and I think Romagnoli will slowly take over that spot also. So I think they need a speedy center back uh, with him. So Fikari could definitely stay long-term if he does fairly well. And so, sorry, Adrian, I feel like you were going to say something, but now I'm just going to No, jump. just go, go. <laughs> like AC Milan have, like they're, they're making their moves to stay at the top of the table. And now I know, um, I know Nick's not here with us today. He's not dead. He's just working. <laughs> um, but we were we were rolling around at uh, Max Meyer leaving Crystal Palace. And uh, Adrian, is there any is there any transfer news in the EPL from this past month that that caught your attention? Maybe with Newcastle. Well, with Newcastle, uh, let me let me tell you a fun fact. Uh, so, well, I'll, I'll turn this around for a second, and then I'll get back to Newcastle. So Chelsea uh, loaned out to Mori. Uh, they also loaned out five other players. They're kind of, you know, famous for loaning out yeah. like tons and tons of players. But a few teams loaned out more players this January than Chelsea. Like a few teams. West Brom really? loaned out seven. True. Uh, and the most was Spurs. They loaned out 10. In fact, every single team except Newcastle loaned out players. Uh, the only thing that happened in Newcastle is we we shipped out Yedlin to Galatasaray, which, I mean, good move for him, I guess. Uh, and earlier, like way earlier in the month, Rolando Ahrens, who was like a youth player who never really made it, uh, he was uh, sent to, I think he's at Huddersfield. So other than that, we brought in Joe Willock on loan, which doesn't really change a whole lot. Like... I mean, he seems like a tidy player, I guess, for a young player, but is he going to really change that much? 
especially now that Bruce wants to seem to play like, I, I just don't know where he'd fit in. Uh, so, but I mean, I don't know where Bruce plans to put anyone. I don't know what. So, I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> Who cares? Who knows? Uh, Maybe Willick is the striker that Bruce needs to hoof the ball up to. I know he's not the striker that he needs, but maybe <laughs> Bruce thinks that he's the striker that he should play yeah. at 70 minutes, whereas Andy Carroll wins the first header and puts a ball on goal in the 89th minute of the match to tie the game. Yeah, so we're recording, obviously, on the the two, uh, the Tuesday where Newcastle just lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace. And, uh, yeah, you put on Andy Carroll for the last five minutes. Not even. I think five minutes, including extra time. Yeah. And he gets one header on, on goal. So it just – I really think that today just kind of shows that you know, you have two teams and, and one of them had a plan and, and one of them didn't. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, maybe Richard, when, when he finally comes on, he'll have some more thoughts to share. Before we get to Chelsea and maybe the other side of the Tamori discussion, the team that seemed to catch my eye and I was interested in was actually Arsenal. I mean, no one was super active this window, but Arsenal did ship out <laughs> two like longtime layabouts. They got rid of, uh, I think they released Mustafi, and yep. uh, Ozil went to Fenerbahce, Kolasinac, and, and some other like relatively established like players went out on loan. Uh, and then they brought in Odegaard, who is only 22. Seems interesting that Elliot Smith Rowe was playing really well. Seemed like he was filling out that position nicely. But now he's going to maybe play second fiddle to Odegaard if he's a big name from Real Madrid. Because, I mean, a, a big-name central attacking midfielder from Real Madrid? Who knows if that's going to work hmm. out. Yeah, maybe for a few years to start. Um, other, other than Chelsea, did, did anyone catch your eyes? Is there anyone whose business you want to talk about? Maybe Richard's business, because he's just arriving. <laughs> this, is, this is my business headset. Is that what you call it when you ream out the 14-year-olds you slap online at FIFA? <laughs> Uh, call that the business yeah call it the business. i've actually thought about starting uh like a, a a sort of like i'll coach these kids at fifa because i think a lot of them lack the basic fundamentals like you'll see that they're good at the techers but if you can shut that down which is fairly easy then they're they don't have much going for them what uh why what, don't uh, we just start a channel where each of us plays conlon at fifa once <laughs> He just gets progressively angrier it's as like, every game goes on. We we film we film us playing FIFA, and then it's like those annoying the zone promos of Gary Neville Soccer Box. Oh, and, and Conlon just has to walk through clips of us like kicking the shit out of him at FIFA. My all-time favorite victory against Connie was when when we were in university, and I beat him like eleven nil. I think I was Fulham against Man U. I don't even know why I was Fulham, and my ex-girlfriend at the time was like super mad at me she's like let's go why are you just sitting here playing video games with your friends and then she had to wait in the car while i just because i was it was like an all-time win against connie so i was like just wait in the car i think Please, everyone's all-time wins come against conlon prasad jones it's but you know what i respect him for it it's because he he doesn't stop fighting to the very last he just like he goes a goal down he's like well ultra attacking he goes two goals down changes formation so it's like five strikers on the pitch he goes three goals do down and he just literally he'll throw the controller across the room and then change everything about his game plan instantly like three substitutes 
It's so true. I was playing. I'm playing Gattuso when I live at Cross Street, and I think that the biggest win I had was like seven nil. I can't remember who I chose, but it was pretty heavy. He was getting progressively pissed, and he kept like changing the the like the selections. I didn't change shit because I don't I don't I don't know what to change. I was like sub players in and out for retire. But Colin kept like doing ultra attacking when he attacked, and then just defensive. It was uh, it was always funny to see just like the options on his side just cons- con- consistently changing. But I respect it because, like, you'll play online, for example, and, like, you start beating someone, like, 3-0, and they just quit out immediately, right? Like, Connie will sit there, and he will take his beating, (laughs) and and then he'll come back for more the next day. All right, Richard, now that you're here, uh, we were just talking about transfers, and we want your reaction to Newcastle's transfer window, (laughs) as it was. Uh, but before that, uh, we just had the Palace game. I've already said my piece. What do you think? What's your takeaway? Well, Adrian, I'm glad that you asked me that question. So I watched the game in great detail uh, while I was at work in a work meeting. So on the background uh, on my on my TV. Uh, I mean, it was actually a decent performance from Newcastle, but we're still fucking losing. I think the thing that made me most angry, among the many things that made me angry, uh, was the fact that the commentator was like, at least for like this illegal stream that I was watching was, you know, the commentator was like, you know, Steve Bruce will never win over some sections of the Newcastle fans. It's like, he hasn't won a game in fucking 11 games of like, what section are you talking about? Oh, he just won't win these people over. They're so unreasonable. He's lost. Like, I think he lost like fucking 10 games in a row or something or five games in a row, like John Carver level of shit. And like the performances match it as well. Right. So the, the commentary is basically what makes me most angry. But I, it was actually a decent performance by Newcastle standards. I mean, when you yeah. start off the match with uh, John Joe Shelby just cunting the ball at goal and <laughs> getting one in two minutes, you really think it's only it's 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 only going to get better. But no, you, you it don't did not. That. You're not. You've never watched Newcastle. If you think that it's literally you see that happen and then you're like, okay, this is going to be all the more humiliating when we blow it. But like, yeah, I don't know. So is Joe Willock the missing piece? No, like what the fuck? Is he going to turn it all around? (laughs) That's like of every, like, I guess, like, I don't even know really where he, I know he's like center mid, but he's not like a Hayden. He's not like a holding midfielder, is he? Well, I wondered this too. So I I went online and I checked Joe Willock FIFA 21 and I looked at his stats and then I thought, what am I doing? This is silly. So I checked uh, Joe Willock FM 21 and football manager had a lot more detail. Uh, his attack is very good on football manager and then his, his defending is bad. So I think he's more of an attacking midfielder. I mean, at at the end of the day, Newcastle could sign fucking anybody, but the thing that we need is a new fucking manager and maybe like not like three assistant managers named Steve, (laughs) you know, have you guys talked about that? The fact that it's, it's Steve Bruce. Tell us more. Tell us more. Uh, What? I don't even remember all their names, but, Steve Bruce has two assistant managers and they're both named Steve. And then our first team coach, one of our first team coaches is Steve Harper. So like from the top down, we have mostly Steve's and we brought in this new guy who's a Jordy. Yeah. Graham. Graham Jones. Graham. Yeah. Uh, well, one manager who might be available is Andre Village Boish because he was very upset that Marseille signed in, in Cham from Celtic. Yeah. Uh, would you would you rather have Bruce or Village Boish? 
I mean, Phyllis Bosch wouldn't last though, right? Any semi-decent yeah. manager with any manager with any sort of semblance of self-respect wouldn't work under Mike Ashley, right? Yeah, I mean, like if if he left because they signed someone without his his go-ahead, then well, that's literally know. what happened to Keegan, right? Keegan, hmm. Keegan, they sold Milner, and then Keegan left. Rafa, they wouldn't sign Ron Don, and then he left, right? It's like yeah. a consistent pattern. Nobody, nobody with any. Di- that's why Steve Bruce is the lowest-paid manager in the league. And I think Pargy was the lowest paid manager as well when he was there. That's the thing, like, and, and we can move on from, from Newcastle soon because no, we can. I, well, yeah, probably true. But like, that's the thing is if we did fire Bruce, like even that, like, who are we going to bring in? No one, like there's yeah. no one really, unless, unless you just really go <clears throat> with someone outside of the box and like give some random from like league Two a chance. Uh, but it, it's hard to be optimistic about like anything at the club while Mike yeah, Ashley exactly. is the owner. That's the issue, but it's fine because I've got a plan. I've, I've taken our entire life savings. I got mom and dad to uh, refinance the house. I put it all into GameStop when it was like at about 400 for sure. So it's a little bit of a dip right now. I think it's at like 90, but it'll bounce back for sure. The short squeeze is coming. Oh, it's coming. Diamond hands. Diamond hands. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'm curious though, didn't, didn't, uh, Rafa just recently leave his Chinese team? Has he always, I, I thought he was fairly happy at, at Newcastle as he, as he like kind of well, they, they wouldn't get relegated. Him. They went, well, he didn't really get relegated. Yeah. He, he, like he joined games. when it was like practically oh, inevitable. Like he uh, maybe could have saved him, but it wasn't a surprise when they nobody went down. Expected it, yeah. yeah. And we still like thrash Spurs on the last day of the season. That's season five one, which is great. And then he brought us back up pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit conservative at times. And like Rafa was a defensive manager and people say Bruce is a defensive manager, but he's not really because we still concede tons of goals. He's just a shit manager <laughs> who plays sometimes plays a bunch of defenders, right? Rafa is a defensive manager and I understand why people are sort of like, you know, they don't love to see that necessarily. But, you know, at least he has a fucking plan. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And- Best manager you guys have had for two decades or something now. And how are you supposed to be confident? Because like Hope was saying earlier, like they're just sort of slowly passing it around the back. And how would you have the confidence to like make more forward passes, riskier passes, or like take someone on if you don't have a plan, you don't know what you're doing, right? And you've been losing game after game after game. Like, of course you don't yeah. like have the, the the confidence and the drive to, to go forward. Yeah. I like the fact, I like Graham Jones, uh, his appointment for many reasons but chief among them is just like how hard steve bruce has been cucked by mike <laughs> ashley that he literally just fucking hired another manager it's like oh yeah you're his assistant now and like if you see photos games graham jones is out there yelling at the players and steve bruce is kind of just sitting back and stuff right so yeah he's just I saw, been fully i saw that today he was like back but i don't know if he was the one on the touchline but if it was him there was one guy beside bruce who's like running up and down the sideline getting balls going out yeah. for him as if he's like a ball boy but still yelling commands and bruce is just standing there with his arms crossed thinking about how the bacon is well yeah i was like looking at that it was like super heavy rain and and you have like you have roy hodgson who looks like he looked like, like he was melting he looks like yeah. he's made of sugar and just fucking melting <laughs> It was just like, like who let him out? <laughs> he's not off. He's not allowed off the floor. Like he just looked really like sad kind of thing. But then you have Bruce who just looks frustrated and you got to wonder like, what is he thinking? Cause he's not thinking about like strategy. Yeah. 
I, I but Newcastle's transfer window, getting rid of DeAndre Yedlin, it's a big blow to the social media team. But you know, in terms of actual soccer, no loss at all. Who's your um, right back at the moment replacing him? No, Mankiw well, has no, replaced Ma- him already by now. Yeah, Mankiw has been way miles better than anything Yedlin has ever done. Even Kraft might be better, and Kraft is trash. Yedlin's just quick, and he's got cool haircuts and a, a little bulldog that knows how to skateboard. But <laughs> that is I, a big I, loss, I, man. I know. Well, I think the Newcastle should have like devised some sort of scheme to keep the dog and get rid of Yedlin. The dog would probably be a better right back as well, to be honest with you. Scrappy. Yeah. Dog um, Andre Yedlin. What? I do have a question. Ooh, dog, Andre dog Andre Yedlin. Go on, Addy. Go on, Addy. <laughs> be the name uh, of the episode. Just in terms of, uh, of Newcastle, I feel like we've discussed this before, but do you think it's a manager thing or, or like a player thing? Because I know I actually stingy as hell. But I do think you guys have fairly no, it's a good it's, Yeah, it's a good squad. Wilson's the best striker we've had since Demba Ba. You know, like, um, we don't really have somebody as good as Kabai in the midfield. But, like, overall, I think the midfield... Well, Teodi Kabai, nothing's come close to that midfield. But, you know, it's like a semi-decent midfield. Probably one of the best defensive lines we've had in a while. Like, okay, left back, right back aren't fucking lighting the world up. But they're, you know, dumbing at left back, for example solid Mankia right back solid you know like considering how long Newcastle went with like Steven Taylor or Mike Williamson or Colaccini and like still finish you know fifth sixth whatever yeah. you know like on, on paper it's the best team we've had in a while St. Maxman is I think as good as Ben Arfa maybe he's not doesn't necessarily have like the end product right now is Ben Arfa mm-hmm. but Ben Arfa never really had that as well to be fair so, so it's what- a good group of players but so at the moment, Newcastle are 16th in the table with 22 points, eight points ahead of Fulham, but Fulham have only played 20 games to Newcastle's 22 games. Is it a real relegation threat? Is this season really uh, worrisome in terms of relegation for Newcastle? I think Newcastle fans have been worried about relegation even when we had that supposedly great start, right? Because if you actually fucking sat down and watched this miserable excuse for a team from the start, like the performances were just trash. Like we were getting points, but the performance wasn't there at all. So I think Newcastle fans have been worried about relegation since the start of the season. Adrian? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the team has never had good, like, offensive stats under Bruce. And having Callum Wilson was, like, a not really Not just, big like, not plus. good offensive stats. Like, even that's an understatement. It's, like, it's, it's like, like dire. It's, like, absolutely bought literally, like, 20th out of 20 for almost every offensive stat you can imagine. Yeah. And like, even their, like, weird, stupid stats, like, touches in opposition box. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. No, like everything is super low. And also things like expected goals. Like, I mean, if you buy into that stuff, it sort of suggested that like Newcastle were getting pretty lucky, right? Like we were outperforming our expected goals, which means like, you know, goals from like outside the box occasionally and and things that were like accidents kind of. And that's that feels how it is like watching it. Like today, once like Crystal Palace decided to sh- uh, shut up shop, it never really looked like Newcastle were going to make it through. Like they never really looked that convincing. Um, and like I said earlier, Hope to Hope, like like New, uh, Crystal Palace just looked comfortable for the last like half hour. They didn't have any sort of pressure on them, or or there was no moment where Newcastle really looked like scoring. And that's been the same since the start of the season. Yeah. So they're really counting on Fulham being worse, which they are. And West Brom not turning around. Yeah. I kind of want West Brom to pull it off and survive. 
I used to fin hate Fat Sam when he was Newcastle manager, but like in hindsight, like Fat Sam is a way better manager than Steve Bruce. I take Fat Sam over Steve mm-hmm. Bruce any day. I don't think there's any manager in the Premier League I wouldn't take over Steve Bruce. Let's move on to our random predictions. Every week we have a theme for them, or I've started making a theme anyway. This one is a little bit of a secret, so see if you can guess it, guys. Uh, I'm interested to see how obvious it is. You should do improv. That's good. Anyway. No, 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 that's good. Yeah, I should. I should do improv because I used to be good at it. (laughs) So last week, the big result was the Super Mario Strikers everyone was curious about. We got some high scores that people were uh, predicting. But it was a low-scoring affair with Mario beating Yoshi 2-0. So the closest, I think Conlon was the only one to predict the correct result. And Richard was the closest to the scoreline because he predicted every single game is 3-1, which isn't a bad strategy. Richard is the most consistent. Uh, Every week he's predicted, he's got four points. So he's never, (laughs) uh, oh no, his first week he got five points and now he's got two, four points in a row. He's the Rafa Benitez of random predictions. And, I mean, uh, Mario beating table, Yoshi uh, makes sense. Conlin is, yeah, it does, but you predicted a Yoshi win. You fool. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> uh, Conlin's at the top of the table with 18 points, and then Nick Gill, who hasn't put in to, predictions okay, the last to be two fair, weeks, I feel like you can, make an inverse, you can make an inverse sort of fucking graph here of, like, who is the most unemployed versus how many points do they get, right? So Conlin is crushing this because he has nothing to fucking do all day. Aside from like research obscure soccer soccer matches and predict them, <laughs> he should start gambling really, instead of getting a job. Well, you're not so, you're not supposed to if he's if he's been researching these, then he needs like a, a few point penalty here because these are supposed to be like you don't look into it. Um, no, but okay, but let, let's get started. Keep keep in mind your theme. What were you gonna say? Sorry. No, but there's real games too. There's like Premier League games. You can research that. Oh, the Prem games, yeah, but yeah. but all the other ones you not Mario versus we Yoshi. ask you not to. No. What was that one? Did so you there is did a you Nick play that or what? No, I just found it on YouTube oh. of two guys playing Super Mario Strikers. Uh, so I'll give you a clue on the theme here. It's something to do with geography and history. So oh, okay, kind of giving Wait. it away. Can you tell so, me what the theme are? What? Yeah, I'm telling you now. So, yeah. <laughs> so why don't you predict first? The first game is Pink Sport Bari versus Roma, and that is the women's Syria A. So, Richard, what do you think the result is there? Uh, I think I might go 3-1. Wait, is this women's soccer? Yeah. <sighs> I think 3-1, Roma. 3-1 to Bari? No, Roma. Roma. So, 1-3. Yeah. Addy, what do you think? As Syria Adian, you have um, some expertise here. I don't know where where the women's Roma team. I don't know if they're good. I'm gonna go one one draw. Hope. Yeah, I'm assuming Pink Sport Bari. Like Pink Sport is the name of the sponsor, and so you know they got money. Roma doesn't have a fucking sponsor in no, their no, name. No, no, no. So, Roma uh, has we're money. Going they don't to need leave sponsor. it at. Uh, we're going to give them a 2-0 win for Pink Sport Bari. I'm I'm of the same mind as Hope here, but I'm going to call it a 1-0 narrower margins. Okay, now we're going to uh, the second division of Spain. It is Malaga versus Real Zaragoza. Ooh. Richard, is this going to be another 3-1? Uh, 
you know what? I think it might be a one three to Zaragoza. Ooh, bold prediction. Addy? Uh crap. Both these teams have been in like Primera a while ago. I think Zaragoza was really good and Malaga was owned by by like a rich oil tycoon who just kind of dropped it as a toy. Um I'm gonna go two one Zaragoza. So one two. Ope, do you think that the home team can get a result? Um, no, I'm like in the same mind as Adi. I had no idea that both Malga and Zaragoza were <laughs> relegated. I thought they were still in the <laughs> in the top division. Um, uh, but we're just going to go with my family's uh, native land, Malaga. Um, 1-0. Richard, are you on here on this Google Doc? No. Well, okay. Well, someone wrote poo. <laughs> Uh, some some Hopi, did you go to Malaga with us when we were there? I did not go with you guys. There's these oh, like, wait, maybe group, I did. I there was like a group of we went to Gibraltar as well. We got really drunk. Might have been us. Yes. That sounds right. right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Have you been to Tunisia? Yes. Oh, good. You're going again to Tunisian League. Uh it's Club African versus Stade Tunisian. Uh Hope, what do you think? I'm just going to borrow from Richard's playbook here and give Club African a 3-1 win. Richard? I'm going to take from Hope's playbook here and I'm going to give 3-1 win to Stad Tunisian. All right, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to straight from the pack. I'll do 3-1 Stad Tunisian as well. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to go against everyone else. One of us. One of us. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say 2-0. That's what my gut said. Uh, dipping across North Africa, the Libyan Premier League. Al Ali Tripoli versus Al Mahala. Addy, you start. I'm going to Tripoli's the capital, right? So I'm going to go with uh with a, a 2-0 win for Tripoli team. Hope? Amahala. 1-0. <laughs> and Richard? I think I might go for a 1-3. My favorite thing about this consistency, Richard, is it makes it easier for me to know who's who <laughs> when I'm entering these predictions. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3-1 on this one. So moving to Israel, it is the Israeli first division. Ashdod versus Maccabi Haifa. The only thing I research, folks, is the pronunciations, which are perfect. Mm. Do you know what? What what does Maccabi mean? Because every team in Israel is Maccabi. Maccabi Tel Aviv, Maccabi Haifa. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I know. You do? What is it? Like a Jewish sports organization. Oh. International like Jewish sports it's like thank, the protocols of zion richard was here because yeah, if he wasn't nick would be able to tell us yeah. <laughs> so richard uh do you think this is going to be the same result here a one three uh i'm gonna be honest i think it might be one three maccabi haifa addy i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna stray and go four one maccabi haifa there i think they yeah they're they're, they're a decent team and hopi Hopi, 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 Hopi. Wait, wait, Friend. Addy, you said for Haifa, right? Yeah. Okay. And Hopi. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think Maccabi Haifa is in the Europa League every once in a while. So they've got to be the best of this awful football league. Um, 3 0. They're not letting in a goal from these Ash Dodds. <laughs> I'm going to call it a, a 1 1 draw because let's be different. Croatian first division, we have Osijek versus Hadjuk split. Hope, what do you think? Um, I think I think Hajduk is shouted out in the Numa Numa song. So <laughs> two nil to Hajduk split. <laughs> and Addy, I was actually that was that was exactly what I was gonna say two nil for a Hajduk. Seems like a good like the one to go for. A man of my own mind, Addy. <laughs> and Richard, well, I know that split is a city, and I've never heard the other place, so it might be made up. So I'll go three one split. And I'm going to agree with Richard here. I'm going to put it 3-1 in favor of split. Uh, this one is kind of, it's not as random as the other. It's like the biggest game maybe ever in our random predictions. It's from the Turkish league. It's Fenerbahce versus Galatasaray, but it's very important to the theme. What is the theme? Just rivals? No, it's not just rivals. Capital it's not cities. rivals at all. It's not capital cities. It's not rivals. It's not north-south. What is it? Uh, it's a secret until you make this prediction. <laughs> well, Galatasaray uh, has DeAndre Yedlin, and more importantly, his dog. So I think that they'll win 3-1. All right. Hat trick for the dog. And Hope? Sorry, did you say me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the spirit of Didier Drogba lives on at Galatasaray. So uh, three, no, 2-1 win for Galatasaray. And Adian? Damn, it'll be two one. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that's the, the that's that. I think that their last match was a two one win. I think for yeah. Dallas, right? So I'm just kind of going with the same thing. Okay, Adi, what's the with... what's the historical like? How do people feel in Albania about Turkey as a country? Because there's obviously that historical. Um, yeah, we think, I, I think I think the prime minister just went to Turkey and the and and like Erdogan just just threw a parade for him. So I think yeah, the relationships are good. Uh, they've invested. I, if, if I could wager a guess, I think they're doing some sort of like you know smaller invasion. You have a ton of Turkish companies. They invested in a massive mosque uh, in like the center of Albania. It's like it's like always 10, a crowd pleaser. Twelve stories, yeah. No, so I think they're good. They 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 kind of respect us, but low key they're just kind of they have interest. They have vested interest in Albania for like resources and and other reasons as well. So. Okay, I'll give you a clue for the theme. It's All really right. particular. Richard, I had it, I made it with you in mind. Okay. Uh, for, for a clue, look at the first game, the teams in the first game, and the teams in the last game. And the color of the special prediction uh, banner. Oh, it's purple. Yeah. I don't know. We start... So, well... What the first game, Bari versus Roma. Is it a weird Roman connection? So if these games were being played in the yeah. year the five sixty-five of the common era, these so would the all East, be East, Eastern Empire versus Western Empire? No, they would all be under the Byzantine Empire in the year five sixty-five. So that's the Yeah, thing. but that's a huge fucking empire. That's not a great theme. That's like you could do any games in fucking Europe and say it was no, under couldn't. the Roman Empire. You could only do southern Spain, the very bottom of Spain. And only in 565. I didn't say it was a good theme. I said it was a theme, but it also ties into the special prediction. So uh, in ancient Rome, they played a game called Herpastum. And it was sort of like 
soccer is a bit more rugby like, but to quote Galen, the physician, he said that it was played with varying degrees of strenuousness. And for example, people face each other, vigorously attempt to prevent each other from taking the space between. And this exercise is a very heavy, vigorous one involving much use of the hold by the neck and many wrestling holds. So I, I watched a bunch of like recreations of this on YouTube. And there was one where I could actually kind of find out the score. So you have to guess the score between a bunch of middle-aged Spanish guys playing in Northwestern Spain, the city of Lugo. And there were two teams, red and black. You need to guess the score. And to be perfectly transparent, it's only about four and a half minutes long, the video. And also I counted a, a score or a point whenever the team separated and I gave the point to whoever was clapping at the time because it was kind of hard to tell. The camera didn't always focus on the goal. So one black. Three, one black. And Hope, what do you say? How long was the video? Four minutes? Four and a half minutes. Oh, God. Not much can happen. 44 minutes. Um, I think it's a nil. No. You mentioned the clapping, so there's got to be scores. I think 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. And Adian. I'm going 2-1 red. 2-1 red. And I know the score, so I can't, I can't go over. Okay. So we'll have to wait for next week to get that, or you can hunt down this Harpastum in Luga YouTube video. Um, normally for our final three, we do three prime games, but since Adian's here, I figured let's take the biggest game going on in Syria. Ah, on the coming weekend, it's Juve hosting Roma. Uh, so Adi, let's start with you. What do you think is going to happen in that game? Um, if I'm being honest, I think Juve is going to win. If I'm being an AC Milan fan, I would like a 1-1 draw. <laughs> and who, so who would open a 1-1 draw? 1-1 draw. Yeah. You've hard overhead. Uh, Richard, what do you think? Uh, I think 1-3. They're going to go get two early goals. There's going to be a fight back, 2-1. And then on the counterattack, when they're pushing for the equalizer, 3-1. Sticking with your game plan. Uh, Hope, what do you think? Yeah, like I cheer for Roma, but I think Juve, I think Juve 2-1 to my disappointment. I'm going to call it 2-0 Juve because I was going to say 2-1, but I don't want to copy you. <laughs> and moving on to the Prem, we like to give some attention to smaller teams and lesser covered games. So I picked uh, Burnley versus Brighton. Richard, what do you think there? Burnley versus Brighton? I mm -hmm. think Graham Potter... You know, he's a good young English manager. He plays progressive style. Brighton have gotten unlucky, I think, overall this season. Um, even statistically, if you look at expected goals and all that shit. So I think 3-1 uh, Brighton. 1-3 Brighton. And Adian? Um, I'm going to go 2-all. So weird. High scoring. I'm living for the draws. <laughs> That's pretty high okay. scoring for two low scoring teams. <laughs> Maybe that'd be an exciting, that'd be exciting. Um, because there's two Newcastle fans on, I don't want Brighton to overtake Newcastle in the table. So I'm hoping that Brighton lose this match. Um, one nil. I'm going to put it on um, one, one. Just cause I, I think it could go either way. Both teams have been up and down. Brighton are, 
are a decent outfit. They play some good football sometimes, but they're not that great. And finally, Liverpool versus Man City. We've got uh, Liverpool maybe getting some confidence. They've got some center backs again. And then we have City who are now in pole position to take the title. Let's start with Hope this time. Uh, City are going to win. They're going to they're gonna win. <laughs> uh, 2-0. Wait, Adian? City don't have De Bruyne, do they? He's no, out for like four more weeks? Yeah, I think he's out for a while. 1-1. One, one. Draw. <laughs> and Addy? 3-2 uh, Man City. Ooh. Richard? I like 3-1 City, and that's the Premier League done. Wrapped up for City. No point in watching anymore. I'm going to put it on uh, as a 1-2 to City. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for me, yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant for me. I was like, well... I'm not going to make an executive decision. I can't overrule you. Okay, so those are our random predictions. Thanks very much for listening to Soccer <clears throat> Group Chat, and we hope to have you again. You can find us on... <laughs> Richard, make sure you cough again, just so we can get full coverage. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Google Play, <clears throat> Spotify, <clears throat> Apple Podcasts, <clears throat> or wherever you find your podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Um, See you guys. Love you, Adrian. Talk to you later. Bye. I think that's like the first time you've ever seen. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) I love you too, but like, what? (laughs)